Hello there, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Tap Calf Transmissions, the only Star Wars podcast which features a big fuzzy blanket right now. Mm-hmm. I, I can't even be sure about that. But for today, we are going to be talking about Timothy Zahn's Thrawn Ascendancy, book three. <laughs> More like Timothy evil. Yawns. Okay, don't, don't do that. Okay. You already got us in enough trouble last week, so... Let's yeah. stay on target here. Okay. Uh, before we get into the book discussion, is there any any news you want to talk about? Uh, not really. No. no, I can't think of anything. There have um, been a few more TV spot or like short trailers mm, for Book of Boba Fett, but yeah. uh, I saw some swoops. It looked like swoops from Shadows of the Empire, which was kind of cool. I saw Boba taking a nap. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. A, a very wet nap. Back to nap. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, they're they're pretty short. They were thirty seconds each. Some repeated footage. So, yeah, not a whole but lot. Exciting shows coming up starting mm-hmm. on December. Is it thirty first? That it no, twenty ninth. Twenty ninth. Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. A month from yesterday, <laughs> that would be silly. We we aired the show around midnight on New Year's Eve, and no one watched. I don't, <laughs> yeah, don't understand it. Although I don't know, because if it's coming at the twenty ninth, does that mean it's coming out like? morning of the 29th or like 29th into 30th i forget how it works uh yeah i guess it would be the morning of the 29th i I genuinely don't know or they do it as like a midnight release on the on pacific time yeah so i I think they changed it too because now oh no it's still yeah so i think it's i think it's wednesday like 29th going to 30th i think so the wednesday to (laughs) thursday so yeah. All right. Well, uh, I guess we should just uh, get into the, the the big big honking book we read this week. Mm-hmm. Then the longest oh, book so we've read so far. Just uh, in case it wasn't clear from from anything else, we are doing this episode on Tuesday, so there won't be a normal Thursday episode this week. We'll be back next Thursday. Do you want to do the second uh, Corellian trilogy book, or do you want to do the second Jedi Prince book? Because it's over a week. Mm, next week is going to be yeah but next week is when halo's coming out so probably on thursday uh, no it's on wednesday though wednesday okay yeah probably all right so we'll do jedi prince book Mm -hmm. two and three maybe Mm -hmm. okay because they were really short last time so i think that's probably doable so jedi prince two and three next week week after that we'll do uh assault at salonia Mm -hmm. but for this week Lesser Evil, the end of the Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. Oh, can I, sorry, Thrawn, I, sorry, can I mention Thorn. one thing? Sorry, this is important. It actually is, is important, yeah. Okay. I, I, I mentioned this at the beginning of the last episode. Yeah, if, if you, you want listen. to bring it up, just, just bring it up. Can you just shut the fuck up for two seconds? Just bring it up! Okay. <laughs> wow, top out your mic, why don't you? Jesus, fucking amateur hour. <laughs> I mentioned this at the beginning of last podcast, if you listen to the audio version. Uh, we've moved our upload times. So we're going to aim to get the uh, podcast up a little bit earlier, specifically the Friday um, immediately after uh, we record. So we record on Thursdays on YouTube Live, which you can watch if you want to. Um, but we're going to try to get the episodes up on Spotify and iTunes and everywhere else Friday morning or Friday at some point. Yeah, the weekend releases weren't really working for us, both from a scheduling and uh, probably Apathy. not the optimal time for people. So we're going to try to get it out when people will be able to at least listen to it on their commute home, if not the commute to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... We'll mm-hmm. see if we can stick to this based on how little we stuck to any other upload time that we've ever said we were going to do. But, 
It'll always come out before the next episode. Usually. (laughs) Not always. Sometimes sometimes minutes before. (laughs) (laughs) I thought you put two episodes ago, minutes before, because I just straight up forgot. But yeah. Great stuff. Or we should just pick like one of us to always be responsible for it and then save the save the confusion. But uh, so anyone who's listening for the first time, we're very professional here. Mm-hmm. We don't top out our mic and talk about how we don't upload the podcast. Uh, yeah. We, so do you want to start off with rough thoughts or overall thoughts? Or do you want to jump into the I'd, I'd find it really difficult to summarize. I the can't plot. summarize this plot because for a lot of it, I kind of went on autopilot. So. Where is Thrawn Ascendancy Book Three Lesser Evil? Sorry, Star Wars Thrawn Ascendancy Book Three Lesser Evil. Timothy Zahn, Del Rey. Uh, that's the spine of it. It is the number one l- New York Times bestselling author. Yeah, number one bestselling author. It's the longest book we've read on the podcast by a margin. I would say it's 550 pages long. That's the hardcover. I assume is I know. The- is Victory's Price shorter or is uh yeah Shadowfall shorter? Yeah, for sure. This okay. was a 24 hour um I'm. So I usually listen to audiobooks. This one was just, it was too much. This was a 24-hour audiobook. Um, okay. In, for comparison, I think Victory's Price was about 17 hours, but let me see. Victory's... Were they both completely unabridged? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, so Victory's Price was 16 hours and 19 minutes. So, mm-hmm. like, two-thirds the length, pretty much. Um, okay. And then... I think that was longer than Shadowfall as well, but yeah, yeah. So the okay. longest by a, a pretty good margin. I'd say the closest one is probably one of the other Thrawn books. I remember the first High Republic was fairly long as well. Um, yeah, I don't think. Yeah, it wasn't anywhere near this long. Like, no, yeah, this was. The Jedi, I have it right there, and it's smaller than uh, Into the Dark. Well, those are hardcovers, but still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Light of the Jedi was thirteen hours. Like. 13 hours is on the, like, the, I'd say the average Star Wars book runs about 12 hours. Um, yeah, like, this was 550 pages compared to the usual 300-ish, maybe 400 on the longer I think end. this may be the longest Star Wars book ever. I think it might beat Star by Star. I'm not sure, mm, though. That's a, that's a, that's a tall order. I don't, I don't think I can co-sign that. It was that. certainly duller than Star by Star. I don't think I can co-sign that either. Really? Well, okay. Star by Star has Anakin getting ripped to shreds by Vorms. Yeah. So it's not an insult to say that something is duller no, than it's Star not. by Star. Fair enough. All right. So this book. I think both I, I you think and I can I sort of summarize it before we go in here. Okay. Uh, it needing the context for the prior books, but the the bulk of it is setting up for the final confrontation between. Thrawn's forces and Jixtus the Grisk's forces at mm-hmm. the planet Sunrise. Uh, so it's really just a lot of uh, different characters deciding kind of where they stand with Thrawn and going for the fight at Sunrise, which is the planet from the prior book where the Magus is from, Magus. And Magus, uh, so yeah. we, we see the final conflict at Sunrise between Thrawn's fleet with like most of the CEDF, that's just expansionary defense force, and the allies mm-hmm. they built up over the last few books. Then me uh, like the a dumbass the whole time waiting for him to use the the star flare, whatever it's called. Even though, yeah, sorry, we'll have to talk about that later. Yeah, I, they were 
yeah, so the the memories section of this book, each of these books has the like present day stuff, and then they have memories chapters. Mm-hmm. In the first book, the memories were like Thrawn and Arlani's early relationship. They were my favorite, I think, although they were yeah. good in this book too. Yeah, and in this book, it's basically uh, confirming for everyone that outbound flight uh, is the essential. The events of it are essentially. Uh, is that how all... you read the last section there? That that was definitely the uh, the section of like Thras and the Rana Jinsler, I think, crashing. Yeah, I, into I couldn't the remember redoubt. the end of Outbound Flight. I knew they they crashed on like the yeah. redoubt, but I couldn't remember. Okay, interesting. Like I don't know if the specifics of the Outbound Flight mission are going to be the same, but like there's still the basic idea of like Thrawn and Thras working with people from the Republic mm-hmm. uh, or from known space, and ending in crashing. They get the Vagari uh interdictor field that they use at sunrise here so like broad strokes the things that happen in outbound flight mm-hmm. are implied to be part of the the pre-thron ascendancy canon so like if you read outbound flight and then you read these three books then they I should there's a few things well that don't together. i think the thing that meshes least well is thron's knowledge of the rest of the galaxy yeah. which is mostly based on his interactions with anakin and yeah. um but yeah so there was a lot, like, because it had been a while. To be honest, I've not been the biggest fan of this book series. This one might have been my favorite. I liked it more than the last one anyway, I'd say. Um, but there was a lot I didn't remember. Like, was Jixus being a Grisk? Was that, like, one of the big reveals at the end of the last book? I feel like it was. But I... Yeah, yeah. You find that out around the time that, like, Haplif dies. Mm-hmm. The the Ogbui. Mm-hmm. And I I misremembered coming into this for some reason. I was thinking that Haplif was that the Ogbui were just disguised Grisks, mm-hmm. and maybe some maybe some of them were. I'd have to go back and reread it. It's just been so long. There's so many characters that I could yeah. So like I didn't know my Calories from my Wingillians. So well, yeah. That that's kind of the thing too. Like there there are a few memorable characters for me. Like I think Calories a pretty mem- memorable character. Um, Jixus himself is pretty memorable. Um, I like the, um, Arlani's obviously good. I like the, yeah. uh, the, what's it called? Uh, the Skywalker Cheery and, um... Cherry and Thalius. Yeah. I think and Thalius I, is probably my favorite new character from this trilogy. Yeah, she was great. I, I also, I liked, um, Thurfian and, uh... And Zestalmu? Yeah, Zestalmu were okay. pretty good. Um, See, that was one of the plots that I felt like... I, I you felt need like it got something... dropped, but yeah. Well, I felt like you need something like it to show, like, oh, this is how the the ascendancy politicians feel about Thrawn and, like, make sense of what's mm-hmm. going on. But I, I think one of the weaknesses for the trilogy for me was kind of that a lot... There are just so many characters and a lot of their... That's exactly what uh, I was about to say. A lot of their character traits are ultimately just defined by, like, what is their stance on Thrawn rather mm-hmm. than anything in how they behave or talk. Because everyone talks in kind of the same way. Everyone kind of has the same like thought process of like oh we're all going to be the super uh like almost trying to be mini throns Mm -hmm. in a way that i don't think works in all situations but yeah so it does work for example in my opinion with thalius because she kind of is like thrawn does kind of mentor her in a way you know what i mean yeah um but yeah, like my main problem with this whole series now that it's I guess wrapped up is it goes way too wide and not nearly deep enough. Like in this book, we get very very little of Thrawn, which I thought was actually a weak spot, and we learn about a lot of events that are happening. But like, 
I want to hear more about like how it's affecting the ascendancy at a high level. Instead, it's like mm-hmm. it's like so much of ships going somewhere and then going back and then moving somewhere else and like all these little things that you could probably instead replace with some bigger events, um, like simplify things a little bit, but then spend more time looking at how this impacts, you know, like the chiss on a high level, like have things because like a lot of this book is like things are going to happen to the chiss or things are going to happen with the families. And it spends a lot of time talking about the ramifications, but then we don't actually see them. You know what I mean? Yeah, a lot of it like is kind of like, oh, where the chists are coming to a precipice and then being pulled back. Mm-hmm. And you get a few acknowledgments from characters that that's what's happening, but you get it from the people who ultimately end up on Thrawn's side anyways. So the biggest one for that is Captain Rosku, mm-hmm. uh, one of the Klar family who are... like it, it, The book is really trying to highlight that all the families acting just in their own interests is one of the reasons that they're all just like lying to each other mm-hmm. and one of the reasons that they're so vulnerable to another attack. Mm-hmm. And uh, we get most of that through just the individual attitudes of Thurfian, Zestalmu and the Klar family. But then, yeah, we don't, we don't ultimately see how some of those things play out. Cause like we get at the end, Thrawn gets exiled. Everyone kind of knows that that's where he ends up in both canon and legends before he gets picked up and brought to the Empire. Mm-hmm. And when we see his exile, uh, we see like the the sentence being put out, and then we have a conversation with Thrawn, Aralani, and uh, Supreme General Bakif. Who oh, I like too. Ex- sorry, Just want to yeah, explaining like why they were doing it, but we see it from their perspective. Rather than necessarily seeing uh, why the why the Chiss would feel the way they do about Thrawn, because like everyone else we see is like, oh, they're all on Thrawn's side. And it's just Thurfian mm-hmm. and Zastalmu that are seeing him as a threat, and even Thurfian is kind of pulling back on that a little mm-hmm. bit. So we just get yeah. They mentioned the, these like these general kind of like principles of like Chiss society, like the no first strike, and like one thing we never really get is like a really good fundamental explanation of why that's so important because like you pretty much always understand where Thrawn is coming from and the main thing against like what Thrawn's actions is that he's breaking a formal rule so like one thing that I would have liked to see is like yes Thrawn's actions can be justified from this perspective however the Chiss also do have this kind of maxim and this is why they have it Instead, it's just I, like, this is a thing that exists. Yeah. It's like, they talk a lot about the, the war a thousand years in the past or even earlier mm-hmm. uh, that ended with the use of Star Flare, which is the super weapon that, like, wiped out all the enemy forces but rendered Chilla uninhabitable. Uh, but I, I, I don't know if it ever made the explicit connection that, like, it was something to do with that war that made them... I don't think so. ...develop that. And, like, if they if there had even been a bit more of that, then I think like the political side could have worked a little bit better uh because ultimately like i I don't don't even know star flare existed so yeah yeah like i I don't have an issue with any of the individual moments in the book i thought like the book was a series of really good moments it's just Mm -hmm. when they're so locked in and not being able to end with the grisk threat eliminated not being able to end with any fundamental change in the ascendancy not even really being able to end with a fundamental change to how Thrawn mm-hmm. sees everything. Because even at the end, when Thrawn is saying, like, oh, we were the lesser evil, when Jixtus, uh, roll credits, when Jixtus was <laughs> uh, wondering why the potatoes and the Gawains and all of them would work with the Chiss rather than the 
uh, the Gris, and you get the the scene with Bakif at the end where he's noticing a change in Thrawn of like, oh, he's willing to go to such lengths. And I think that's trying to reconcile the fact that like the Thrawn of the original Thrawn trilogy and then Rebels Mm -hmm. is so fundamentally different from how Timothy Zahn Mm -hmm. ended up seeing him later uh, and how he got written in uh, in Outbound Flight and then in the new Thrawn books. And But even that, even that change is something that Bakif in the text credits to the end of greater good rather than mm-hmm. something that we really see happen here. And ultimately, we don't see that much happen there. It's just we have to somehow reconcile the fact that Thrawn is going to be willing to throw away other people's lives when we, we never see him actually do that in here. He ends up saving everyone. Yeah, uh, that was that was kind of there are two things we said kind of we agreed about this book first of all was it scored very low on the convenience scale because it was a very long book when we were both busy i will say i agreed i agree like this was is 550 pages i was very busy this week but i had no problem reading this because it's very well written it, it flows well um the individual moments yeah. are good like i i wanted to read it but like on the other hand, it we also kind of agreed that it feels like the middle of a story. Like, I yeah. was like, this feels like book three of seven. And you're like, that's exactly what you, what you thought, too. So it's like, there's just there's just not enough out of this whole series, especially a series that's so long and, like, goes out of its way to establish this new kind of entire section of the universe. Like, for so little to change, I got to say, is, is a bit disappointing. Yeah. And like I wasn't expecting a huge fundamental change for anything uh, on like the broader political scope because like we knew going in and we were saying from the first book like these are these guys are probably the Gris and we know that Thrawn is still working against them mm-hmm. when we get to the the original like not the the original canon Thrawn trilogy and mm-hmm. that that doesn't resolve there either so maybe in the future we'll get more like Chiss versus Gris stuff mm-hmm. but even just like again on a personal level having something come of it some of Thrawn's development because like there's part of the part of the book with the Skywalkers and Thallius is Thallius gets the code cylinder handed down from the former myth patriarch Thraki and Thras of like details on Thrawn details on the Skywalkers and it sends her to a planet with an old home for mm-hmm. uh for Skywalkers, Skywalkers yeah. and we've had allusions to the fact that Thrawn lost someone earlier in his life and we find out it's his sister who was taken by the Skywalker program and Thallius uh, finds Thrawn's sister and I was waiting like oh when is she going to tell him when mm-hmm. is there going to be some like reference to that but like for a final book in a trilogy there's a few plot points like that that get brought up which are things that like I individually did love all the moments because I, mm-hmm. I'd read a source book as well which just is that kind of thing but it's not yeah, it's not really nothing happens with it, and for no, book, yeah, you're, as long you're as right. it is, it's... having those things that don't tie in feels a little bit strange to include. Yeah, it's 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 really weird, um, and the, I just don't feel like this is something that's going to be returned to. And like, yeah. I also just don't think the Grisk necessarily have too much of a future because I was also kind of waiting for. Um, them to somehow ex- like discuss the Grisk beyond Jixtus, because mm-hmm. Jixtus, of course, is the Grisk agent. He's very mysterious, very Nomenor-like. But 
he alludes to the fact that he's got other fleets. Um, but I mean, we don't really, and that the, the gists apparently, or the grisk, the gisks, the grisks apparently have like other clients, species and stuff, but like, yeah. what did you also take on Thrawn's message to, uh, Kiori where he says that Jixtus is being manipulated? Was that just some like subterfuge to try to fuck with his head? You yeah. Think? Yeah. I yeah. think it was. Cause like nothing ended up coming of it. And then, uh, the, the general Elias Nakir just ends up dying. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because like no, ultimately no. the kill horde ended up just being the the next Nicardin or uh, Elowen. I forget the ones from the, from the first book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yeah, so I enjoyed that. That was one moment where I thought Theron was a bit transparent, though, and I actually assumed too that the uh, the Grisk that um, attacked Kiori were Theron's agents as well because. You don't know what the Grisk look like, so... Yeah. But they weren't, apparently. Yeah, like... Like, I do understand that a lot of the broader points do need to be left open, like Thrawn's fate, but, like, even just having some personal accomplishment for him or some personal change to to be working towards in this, because, like, there's no reason that the Skywalker stuff, which was introduced here, had to be left unresolved, or the sister mm-hmm. had to be left unresolved... Mm-hmm. Uh, and like just kind of thrown in as these extra things to happen. I mm-hmm. was also a little bit disappointed that like as little as Thrawn was in here, as little as Aralani was in here, that we didn't get more of them together. Because I think they only do have the one conversation at the end. Yeah, at the I end when really... they're planning the battle. Yeah, yeah, and like their interactions were some of my uh, favorite parts of the of the series overall. And like there are very few interactions between characters that we'd already seen before. It's usually just Samakro, Thalius, and cherry when we get uh mm-hmm. group dynamics i like Samakro. he's he's one of the other characters that i was a fan of yeah. um it's a bit distracting though when you listen to the audiobook because um the narrator uses his han solo legends voice for him so <laughs> sounds like it's like fate of the jedi era han solo like commanding a ship but anyway um yeah it's it, it's definitely weird and it's just like i like that's why it's kind of hard for me to recommend this this book series to somebody. It's like, yeah, it's interesting if you're like if you're someone who's really into the chiss. Like, I'd recommend it to you, <laughs> but like, I have a hard time recommending this to average Star Wars fans. Yeah, like my uh, one of my real life friends just got into reading Star Wars books, and he he got. Uh, heir to the empire from a used bookstore and i just loaned him my copies of mm-hmm. dark force rising and last command and mm-hmm. like he's he wants to jump straight to the to the vong war and i told him like just read x-wing first at least please yeah. Yeah. but I, I think he's did he enjoy heir to the empire, though? Going, yeah like he's into it and like there are a bunch of books that i would recommend to him uh but i feel like it's harder to recommend this to anyone who isn't already mm. oh, pretty yeah, well versed in star wars i wouldn't recommend so, this to anybody who wasn't yeah yeah like it's a it's a i do think it's a good book but it's just as far as like ability to say oh someone else who's not a star wars fan should read this to get into it i don't think this would probably be near the bottom of the list of books that i'd use it like that i'd give for that purpose which isn't Mm -hmm. necessarily a flaw per se but i think it is worth at least discussing yeah yeah i agree and i honestly i don't think i'd go back in time and even recommend this to myself which is kind of like I don't know. 
it's just like I I don't know it I enjoyed my time with it I guess it's like I feel like I could have been reading even Star Wars books I enjoy more though so that's like a little concerning I guess yeah, I don't know I like I still enjoy all of them and I I just I, I wouldn't think that my enjoyment of them would apply to other people in the same mm-hmm. way it would with other books it's mm-hmm. like i'd probably tell that friend like oh you should read uh the alphabet squadron trilogy because you don't really need as much background knowledge and it's not like fleshing so out niche, yeah. extra uh extra like interesting enough facts about the lore but then which ultimately don't apply as much to the book at hand because like the introduction of the star flash uh as the super weapon that destroyed chilla the purpose it serves in the narrative is mostly just to make you think oh thrawn is going to use that on sunrise and he's willing Mm -hmm. to kill all those people and to like show that he's getting towards this person who uh maybe his first choice isn't just to kill everyone but he's definitely willing to sacrifice all these lives if it means uh he saves the chiss like even then he's suppo- he's the one in the chiss over the last three books that's been that's seen the flaws and how the chiss approached the rest of the galaxy and that mm. their lives are worth something and that they can work together and it can be good for all of them so it it's it feels like it's just the fact that he that Timothy Zahn needs to reconcile the throne that he's built up in recent times with the Thrawn that he started with. And that's the Thrawn that like rebels used was the original Thrawn rather Mm -hmm. than the outbound flight and kind of like retcon vision of the future. Thrawn was actually trying to save the galaxy by being part of the empire. And because even though the rationale given here, like, Oh, well the empire can now help us stop the grist. It's one unified power. It's kind of flimsy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, like especially because it's such a small part of his life. Like, yeah, I always do think it is a bit weird. I guess how little. I guess it's not weird. It's just it's interesting how little they give a shit about lesser space, as I call the rest of the galaxy. Yeah. Yeah. What? Do you think if if uh, the original Thrawn trilogy had never come out and like the the villain Thrawn wasn't already a thing? Do you think that would be really where Timothy Zahn would be going with this if he'd started with the Thrawn that we have from his more recent stuff? Do you think... Because he get... Timothy Zahn gets kind of like revisionist history empire-y a lot where it's like, oh, the Palpatine was starting the empire because he wanted to stop the Vong. But then you have stuff like Choices of One where they leave the empire because actually it's kind of shit in Allegiance. Yeah, I mean, I don't think he would have done it the same way, no, but I think he, it's hard to say, because I also kind of doubt he would have, like, had so much love for the character had the original not existed, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know, that's a good question, though, I don't really know how he would have felt about that. But... We never know. Yeah, who knows? Maybe he would have just been... Like half half of this book is just spent in hyperspace anyway. Evil Thrawn can do that. Good guy Thrawn can do that. We get we get very little of Thrawn actually in this book, as I mentioned earlier. Yeah. Like it's a lot of Thrawn's off doing something, which some people probably see as a strength that the book can still be carried. But I do enjoy like one of my favorite parts, even if they are a bit ridiculous 
especially in like the original trilogy. I do like seeing Thrawn's, you know, logic work. Yeah, when um, he's like walking someone else through his decision process. Mm-hmm. That stuff with Thalius is pretty fun in the prior ones. Yeah. Yeah, and he did a lot of that in in the other trilogy he he had, so Yeah. I I think I probably prefer the other trilogy to this, in fact. Just something I've been thinking about. I like the first book of the other trilogy quite a bit, where like Thrawn like Thrawn's kind of origin story. That one I really liked. Mm -hmm. Like more than any other I think of his canon novels, so Yeah, that's fair. I did really like that as well, but I I do think I like this trilogy overall more than That's fair. More than that one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it, like I'm thinking, like it's it'd be hard to pin with how little Thrawn actually is in it. It'd be hard to pick like who is a main character there. In this book, you mean yeah. like who's the main character? Like Rosku. Yeah, Phalius is probably one. Well, maybe not. She definitely was in the last book. Um, yeah, Thalius doesn't show up a huge amount either. That's like honestly, I don't even know. Like Samankro's in it quite a bit. Like yeah, it's like more ensemble than yeah. It's like opening to a random page. Honestly, it's kind of like Jixtus. <laughs> a lot, a lot of Jixtus scenes. I, I, I was also disappointed by how little Arlani was in there. I do think they maybe made a mistake splitting the chess up, like the good guy chess over so many ships. But I guess they kind of. I, I did enjoy at the end, though, on the other hand, when they kind of brought the ensemble cast together to fight, yeah. which was kind of cool. Wutro is a, a sleeper favorite character for me. The uh, mm-hmm. the captain on the... Well, he's like the second in command on yeah. Arlani's ship, right? Like, I didn't dislike any of the characters, so... No. Other than Rosku, uh, but you're like supposed to dislike Rosku, so... I and, couldn't... The problem is I couldn't remember a lot of... I couldn't remember a lot of her history, so I was like... Yeah, I just I couldn't remember like what I was supposed to know about this character. I had that with a few characters. Like I couldn't remember a whole lot about Roscoe. Um, what was the name of that other character? Uh, the one from the last book. I kind of forgot everything Wingali about Wingali or Zayinda. No, Zayinda. Yeah, like I think that's part of the problem. Like part of the problem with Zayinda is that her name changed from Lakinda at the end of mm-hmm. the last book, and yep. the end of that book was where she kind of stopped being a Thrawn hater and became mm-hmm. like pretty devoted to Thrawn like even yeah. more than she because they stopped the potential civil war yeah yeah so what did you think of the Thras scenes and like did, did Timothy Zahn not clearly just make them brothers because otherwise there would have been and there still probably would have been so many fan fictions about them yeah I, I think it's just <laughs> really just to connect with how it was in outbound flight mm-hmm. it's like you can't stop the fan fiction no matter what you do there was like i don't know i, I was picking up i don't look for that stuff but i was picking up some romantic cues but i don't know yeah well i think part of it is just like oh thrawn inspires such loyalty with everyone that mm-hmm. with most of them it also crosses into romantic it was um kind of funny too when like they became brothers it's kind of like they're not blood brothers they're just um they're just brothers like it's it's just kind of do their own thing with their families but um it's kind of funny after that point it's like they are always like this is what a brother would do though it's like when you like 
how you get your first girlfriend in junior high and you tell her you <laughs> love her or something and it's like since we love each other now we should hold hands <laughs> yeah because <laughs> like, it's such a short amount of time where it's like they mm-hmm. hang out once and you're told like the the pa- patriarch is like oh well actually you guys are brothers now and <laughs> And that was the part two where, like, I was picking up some really, like, some some romance vibes with the, when the patriarch was talking to Thras when he yeah. was like, "There's something more there." Like, I was like, "Did oh, we really? get did we get shit on on Twitter for saying that Thrawn and Arlani were or weren't in some sort I, of?" I got shit on for the, saying there was a horny subtext by okay. someone named Thrawn's prostate. All oh, right, yeah. So we really should. Re- we, we weren't were even saying about, we weren't even we didn't even say like horny you probably did but just romantic underpinnings yeah i was uh, uh, yeah it it wasn't anything it wasn't anything gross it was just like it seems like they're gonna want to bang at some point basically and then the same people who were like no that's weird you're perverting their beautiful relationship was like i would click on their page and be like eli thrawn porn yeah, so they were just they were just trying to defend their own OTP of Thrawn and, and Vanto. I don't know what that means, but yeah. One true pair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not one time password. <laughs> <laughs> well that too. Eli Stay Vanto Thrawn six, Vento nine, six, too. <laughs> yeah. Two hearts, one or t- two species, one heart. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, is there anything else you want to say about this book? I just, I feel like, I don't know, I, like, I enjoyed it. It was just, it's just... The battles it, were fun. The battles were fun. Same issue I had with the last book, though. It's like, so much of it's spent going somewhere, getting a reading, and leaving. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think the last book was probably worse for it than this one. I enjoyed the setup of the, the Chiss Civil War, but we didn't get any. And like you said, too... Like, nobody dies. Like, there's not a whole lot in the way of... The funniest moment in the whole book... Jixtus does die. The funniest yeah. moment in the whole book is when Jixtus' ship is under attack and he just fucking immediately escape pods. Just yeah. instantly gone. <laughs> well, that was... Uh... It wasn't his flagship. It was his, like, shitty ship that he was... Yeah, that yeah. was the, the Whetstone, which mm-hmm. still had the, the peace coverings on it. So it wasn't mm-hmm. even able to fight until, uh, I think, Kalori popped them off so they could shoot Jixtus' ship. Mm-hmm. But yeah, in that entire in that entire battle, there were a lot of excuses for why like none of the Chiss ships had actually died because it was like, oh yeah, the the Chiss they destroyed that uh, uh, that Grisk ship, but the Grisk knew better. They weren't gonna kill in a ship entirely. They were just gonna knock some out, and then they'd come back through and wipe them out later, which conveniently mm-hmm. meant like no one could really die, mm-hmm. and especially when they had uh, Zyinda and. Apros talking the whole time about like oh no one remembers the Sap family people will remember you for what you do whatever happens remember that I'll remember you it was like okay mm-hmm. one of you is gonna die but then no. yeah and I'm an idiot because I thought they were still gonna set off the Star Flash or whatever like I forgot that the um, interdictor so the the big kind of setup is Thrawn goes to the secret kind of Area Fifty One of the Chiss you think he's picking up the second version of this super weapon they have. Um, but really, he's picking up the interdictor generator from yeah. the Vigari. My dumbass completely forgot that like he didn't just have that lying around. So I was, I was spending, or I was waiting the whole thing for them to set off the Star Flash. Like when the frigate, when the freighter is running or whatever. Like I thought he was trying to get the ships out of position so we could Star Flash them. Yeah. And I was like, 
I'm just an idiot who can't read. Yeah. Like there's there's so much emphasis put on uh put on like what's happening with the Magus and uh mm-hmm. and Sherry and even even Thalys's potential force abilities uh however they're presented between the different groups so like the beyond mm-hmm. or third yeah. sight and we don't actually get a resolution to anything like no the magus is trying to take over sherry uh to coordinate better with the battle and then Samacro tells her to basically fuck off or he'll kill all their people yeah it's like cool move but then we don't so much of the last two books was like oh we need to get the magus safely to our people we need to keep her subdued we need to protect the actual people of sunrise here protect the mind protect whatever but Mm -hmm. then we never see the conclusion of that Mm -hmm. so that's kind of the same thing i mean as with the with ron's sister where it sets up this stuff and it's stuff that like has played a role in the development of the trilogy up till now but then it just kind of resolves off page and yeah like and these are the things that even if nothing else got resolved with the grisk because it's like it's one grisk fleet that isn't really even a main part of the armada sure jixtus dies but like it Mm. doesn't resolve the grisk threat it doesn't resolve the chist tensions so the fact that it kind of puts its own stuff off to the side yeah that's kind of if there was one thing that i would really want to change it would probably be related to that yeah yeah i think that's a I think that's a really good point. The the magi thing, that was something too. Where like I remember the the broad strokes of like the magi. Like I know they were on. They weren't they on a ship or they were slaves, and then they were. Yeah. They saved them, and they were all going to kill themselves. Yeah. And then, Which is like that's something that like I could have used a recap on. <laughs> yeah. I mean i I was thinking, oh, if they'd just done a quick thing like that, that would have been cool. But then I I think of like any time books do that, and I just finished the prior one, and I I hate yeah. it. So I'm I'm not gonna. Fair enough. Well, I don't really have a whole lot to say about this. Do you want to talk about the rating and the queen and read some uh, emails? Sure. Okay, so what do you rate this one? I, I'm i still going to give it an A. Like, it's not a book that I'd, again, recommend to a lot of other people unless they're, like, super into the subject matter here. But what it does, it generally does well except for the resolving mm-hmm. certain plots. And... That ultimately didn't hurt my enjoyment of it. It just is something that I that I still am left with a lot of questions that I don't know if I'll ever get answers to. So I'm, I think I'm still going to put it in A. I was like reading this. I was like fully prepared to give it a C. Um, and I, I think just based on the fact that it is, it did come together decently and I end up powering through the 530 pages or 550 pages pretty easily it's gonna be a b for me um it's it's not to the point where like i'd wish i was reading something else but kind of the same thing i don't think i'd recommend it it could have been a lot just generally i think i'd give the trilogy a c because i feel like it didn't go very it didn't really go anywhere but yeah yeah i'll give it a a, Uh, a b normally we don't uh respond to chat too much here but there has been a few mentions of like uh, the stuff we're talking about here will resolve uh, that Might Heal is saying. The conclusion you want are meant for the future with Ezra and the Mandoverse. The stuff that I'm talking about there, I would be shocked if any of that ever came up yeah. in the Mandoverse stuff. That's going to be more of like the rebel side of Thrawn. I doubt it's going to go into anything with like Thrawn's sister or mm-hmm. resolving stuff with the Skywalkers, the Magus. 
I think if those ever got covered again, they would probably have to be another book by Zahn about the Chiss Ascendancy. So Mm -hmm. even if like Thrawn building up a faction of Imperials, even if that gets like looped back into protecting the Chiss later or has some mention of it, I don't think the specific plot threads that this trilogy set up are really going to be important there. I'd I'd even be surprised if the Grisk were, but Mm -hmm. at least that I'd understand that like the main threat wasn't going to be addressed. But anyways, yeah, I, I that's the same with me. Like, I just don't think no one else has touched the Grisk besides Timothy's on like at all, really. And I just I, I think Timothy's on mentioned that he's not really writing anything right now and he doesn't have anything planned. So I just don't think they're going to get touched. So, yeah, because like, I doubt this book was set up as like, oh, we need to set up that Thrawn has a sister that he misses and that the Chiss have these Skywalkers. <laughs> Uh, who their connection to the Force is tenuous, and there was this group of people on Sunrise, and that mm-hmm. that's going to be playing a major part in the Mando, and like that's why uh, Gideon is working for Thrawn and wants Baby Yoda. Yeah, like, I I really don't I don't see that happening. Yeah, that's only going to be on the canceled show, Ranger of the New Republic. <laughs> um, <laughs> should All we right. emails? read some emails? Yeah, yeah. I don't have it open. If you do, so I'm gonna I'll pull it up. I don't, but I'll open it one. on my. Phone because I am also not prepared. Um, I thought I had any, a window open. I, I'll start I with Lego Star Wars fan one. What book is the Crimson Command from? Dark Saber. Good question. Um, what was the last one? I guess we've got Joel. I says, had them all marked as unread. Okay, yep. Yeah, then it's Joel. Uh, I have a theory about Thrawn's motivation in the Mandoverse. This is from our frequent and good friend, frequent uh, email frequent and good friend, friend Joel. Yeah. Since the Empire's pretty much collapsed as any sort of entity, Thrawn really has no reason to take over remnants like he did in Legends. What if instead we might get a canon version of the Empire of the Hand that he's creating the Empire Zone from scratch? Um, so a Mandoverse isn't just Thrawn, but with a bit of the Thrawn duology. What do you guys think? Yeah, I don't think he's. I don't think he's going to be making like the Palpat- Palpatine worshiping Empire. But yeah. yeah, I think that's a that's a good point. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, even in like the Thrawn. Like, even in the Thrawn trilogy, he's not... He is an Imperial, but he's, like... He's basically just making something for order. Like, he doesn't yeah. really jerk off Palpatine too much. It's Rebels where he's kind of more like that, which is why I feel like mm-hmm. it's going to be... Like, that's generally what the show is, shows are going to lead yeah. more into. Yeah. Uh, so like, um, we get the start of Empire of the Hand-ish stuff in... Uh, in these books like with the potatoes with the Gawaiians those are the groups that you would probably expect would form an empire the handy thing so if someone Mm -hmm. tries to again loop back around and make what he's doing with the empire post and or apply to it i just i just don't think that's going to be what the shows are really doing yeah uh chris says dark greetings please send that to start your email dark greetings justin Corey. if you could pick one element or character from canon into legends who would it be I would prefer for Ray Sloan to take the place of Isard or Dalla. Would have been cool to see Eli Vanto work alongside Pelion. That's a good question. We talked about the man. opposite. What? Elzar Man. Okay, that, that's a good one. Elzar Man might be my choice too, actually. Um, I, I can't the, give a reason. He just popped into my head, and I'm, I'm going he, with Elzar Man. He just needs more Jedi who fuck. In, uh, <laughs> he's, I, a, I he's a more fleshed out Qui-Gon in some ways. Yeah, um, I could see maybe like one of the Alpha Squadron characters could have been fun too. Yeah, um, I think Ray Sloan is a well done or not Ray Sloan. Um, 
Why am I forgetting her name? Erica Quell is a well is a better Imperial defector than we usually get in Legends. Yeah. So I think she might be my choice. Yeah. Or I'd also like the uh I like the the characters from Battlefront as well. I mean if I if I could just pull in the extra details of the uh of this book for the unknown regions and kind of apply them, mm. which a lot of them do apply. That's kind of why I'd pick them without changing too much. They'd they'd all work for me as well. I like the uh, I like the attendants as well. They were in the Last Jedi. They're those. They're not really individual characters, but they're the robed characters in Snoke's throne room, and they were the ones guiding the. Uh, I think the Kresk ships. Yeah, hyperspace. We did get an email from Joel about that as well. Uh, I didn't notice oh, that, but uh, that's our other email from Joel. Uh, okay. So he basically points that out. Do you think it was a fun Easter egg to connect the sequel trilogy, or could this have larger implications down the road regarding the Chiss and the First and Final Order? No, this is just Timothy Zahn reading a, a visual dictionary, I think. Yeah. I was actually... It's, like, impressive how little he includes from other bits of lore. Yeah. Like, even... Obviously, like, he doesn't have turbo lasers and stuff because it's different, so... Yeah. So how do you imagine most of these ships? Like, I, I imagine most of them as being pretty damn small. Yeah, like... I think the biggest ones are probably around the size of a Dreadnought Heavy Cruiser. Because Aralani's yeah. is the biggest ship in the CEDF, I think. Yeah. Uh, I think it says There's the Night Dragons are bigger than the... It it doesn't, but there's like the kind of the ratios of how they go up in scale. Yeah. There's like seven different scales, I think they say. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's bigger than like 600 Yeah, because I, I saw somebody asking like on, on Reddit, like, could a Night Dragon Man of War... Take on an Imperial Star Destroyer. Everyone Definitely was like, not. "Yeah, obviously." I was like, "Are you fucking joking?" Like the whole point is that these guys are backwater and like their tech kind of sucks. Like, yeah, they they. I think they said shielding from the rest of the galaxy was a thousand times more effective. Yeah. So I so on the on the Zon like not using other people's stuff thing. I did a video that I haven't released yet on, uh, like the meaning of Thrawn's name and like just mm-hmm. naming stuff and i kind of i've felt the whole time reading it that like the fact that Nuru turns into naruto with the honorific at the honorific, end yeah. was just added because of how badly force heretic fucked up just naming because <laughs> there's the it's the, like two last names isn't it or something? yeah because it's myth and naruto yeah. and force heretic turns naruto into another chis ruling family and introduces yeah. another character that just refers to that as their family name like their core name is just their middle part, and then it'd be like Admiral Raw, which would be gross. Timothy Zahn just fucking fuming when he reads yeah, that. He's been waiting <laughs> to do that for like twenty years. It's not a really family. Who is the author that wrote that? He's gonna make like a chess character name like like Fook, like uh, that guy's last name. It's uh. Shane Dixon, Sean Wallace. I think that's the. So it'll be like it'll be like Fook Dixon Wallace, like the Grand Admiral of like <laughs> shitty Star Wars plots. Um. Okay, let's continue with our emails. I accidentally closed it. Do you still have it open? Do you want to read the one about the Queen or no? Uh, should we read it? Let's let's oh, do no. the last question and then you can decide how you want to phrase your apology. Okay. So this question comes from Paul who is asking about audiobooks and he wants to know have you ever read a book while listening to the audio version if you have did you use the physical book or the ebook is it better off doing one or the other uh so is that something you do do you read and listen for anything at the same time uh for this one i 
just because I was short on time, like I had some errands to run, so I purchased the audiobook and put it on. But like where it was 24 hours, I, I got maybe an hour and a half of listening time in. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's something I do quite a bit, actually. Yeah, I, I enjoy doing that. It's surprisingly easy to do. Um, yeah. yeah. I, I've never actually, I don't think I've ever actually listened to an audiobook, so I, I can't answer. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, an audiobook, it takes a lot longer. Like, I mean, I, I don't know how long this took you to read, but I mean, I could probably read it in six hours, maybe. Yeah. I would guess, if I were... It started off like I was going real slow for the first 200 pages, but I think the book picked up after that. So mm-hmm. that might have, but like, yeah. Yeah. And again, six hours, seven, whatever, versus 24 hours, you know. Yeah. I think that would be my problem as well, is like trying to listen to it while reading. It's like when you're doing uh, English classes in like high school or elementary school, and you have to read chapters out loud. It's just like mm-hmm. I, 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 I just want to finish the thing. I, I can't read this slow. I'd have the problem with that. You can actually turn the speed up, and I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, like, that's the nice thing about Audible. Um, you can like it, it. It can say you can set in increments of point one percent. So like usually, depending on the narrator, I find um, I find one point five to be a little fast, but like one point two or one point three can be the real sweet spot. But obviously, it's still nothing compared to reading. Like, there's still that kind of layer of something else happening. So, yeah, I get exactly what you mean. So That's great. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Hope you have enjoyed this episode and our discussion of Thrawn Ascendancy Lesser Evil. I know one person who won't have Nanny. (laughs) Next week, we're going to be talking about uh, Jedi Prince, book two and three. So make sure to have those read by next Thursday. Thursday? Yeah. We, we're, yeah, not this Halo Thursday, Infinite next Thursday. That's the 9th, I think, right? Yeah. You sh- yeah. yeah, we'll, even if Halo Infinite's out the day before, we should be good for that, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, worst case scenario, we'll do just the first one, but I think we should be okay. You and Charlie are about to be playing it. Halo. Uh, are you going to be streaming that? Should I? Should we direct people to that? Uh, Whatever. <laughs> I don't care. All right. We may or may not <laughs> stream Halo. Are you playing or are you, are you going to bed? I'm either going to work or I'll play. I'm not sure. I've got to get two Let's videos go. done by tomorrow afternoon so that because I'm leaving on Thursday and then. When are you coming back, Monday. by the way? I, I I couldn't remember. Is it a week? I'm coming back Monday night, so I'll okay, be here in so time like for Diablo. Days. Don't worry. Oh, thank God. I was really worried. Night, everyone. Diablo is fun, though, for real. Bye. Cut the cut the Queen Elizabeth stuff, please. Get that out of there.